Do you feel the same moment? Do you feel the same way that you do the moment you sat in a few minutes ago? Have things changed already within the last few minutes? Has something else arisen? Something that wasn't there. Something that was there has gone away. It changes all the time. So as we uh, consider together this fourth tetrad, four out of four, fourth tetrad, the first step of this tetrad, contemplating impermanence, anicca, it unfolds the other three. So in the reflections today, I'd like to... um, I'll start by mentioning the four, even though I know you have it in the handout, but there's something different about hearing. It lands differently. Actually, that reminds me. Okay, footnote. Um, I was having a conversation with Joseph Goldstein, and he was mentioning that, and it really touched me, which is why I want to bring this in. He was sharing a recent retreat. He's had a self-retreat, and that he likes to listen to the suttas read out loud, and that he finds that actually hearing them, given that this has been an oral tradition, it lands for him differently than reading them. And he was sharing that there was a particular sutta and a particular passage that he had read many times, and this time on the self-retreat, he heard it, and he heard it differently. It landed differently, and it opened up to to new insights. It's really grateful he shared that, and it really brought up for me that yes, hearing is different. It, things land differently for us when we hear than when we read. Both are wonderful. Both are different ways of processing. So. So listening, the ear door, listening to the suttas, letting it wash over you. Maybe something else will will arise. So, so the fourth tetrad, contemplating impermanence, I shall breathe in and out. One trains oneself, anicca. Anicca nupasi. Asasisami pasasisami. Tisikati. Anicca. Anicca nupasi. The second step of the fourth tetrad. Viraga nupasi. Viraga. Nupasi. Again, asasisami, pasasisami, tisikati. Breathing in, breathing out. One trains oneself. Viraga. Fading away. This, this term meaning color or passion. It's fading away. 
contemplating fading away. And notice it's not contemplating getting rid of. It's contemplating fading away. It fades. And it fades on its own. And that's what the beauty of it is. We don't make something fade away. It fades away. It's left in the sun. It fades away. This passion fades away. Not that exciting anymore. It just isn't. Niroda nupasi. Asasisami pasasisami tisikati. Contemplating cessation. And the last step, and I'll leave the last two steps. I won't go into much into them today because they will unfold as you practice. And also Bhante will go into them in, in his talk. Relinquishment. Contemplating relinquishment. Patini Saga. Upasi. Asasisami, pasasisami. We keep doing that. Asasisami, pasasisami. I've grown very fond of these two words, breathing in, breathing out. Tesikati. So this first step, which really, again, the anicca nupasi, contemplating impermanence, anicca, it unfolds. It unfolds from the previous steps we've been doing, and and also, as I mentioned, it's a transition into vipassana, to seeing things as they have come to be. So, Vipassana. So, as you already know, as you are experienced practitioners, the definition of Vipassana, actually the meaning, the the Pali word, Sanskrit, prefix V and the verbal root pas, often translated as inside, clear seeing. May better be translated as see into or see through or actually see in a special way. See in a special way. And what special way? The three characteristics. Anicca, impermanence, dukkha, unsatisfactoriness, and anatta, impersonality. And these three marks of existence, these three characteristics of everything, phenomena, externally, internally, are interrelated. Seeing one leads to another, leads to another. They're not separate. 
I have this image of a, a diamond, this, this jewel, this beautiful jewel, and depending on which side, which direction the light falls onto it, it different lights from different directions shine, but it's the same, same teaching really. Anicca dukkha natta. It's really the, the teaching of sunyata, emptiness. But these different aspects of it show themselves, these different lights, these different brilliant colors show themselves to us. And it's all interrelated. And often, actually, seeing impermanence for many practitioners tends to be the, the doorway, the, the simplest one to see. And for some, the other two might be, but but impermanence is. is I'll, I'll say more about the doorways later. This is a technical term. Some of you know it. I'll unpack it later. See, I'm planting seeds, so maybe you'll you'll pay attention until the end of the talk. What does she mean by doorways? <laughs> Putting teasers through the talk. So seeing in a special way, Vipassana, seeing through the, the lens of, of impermanence. And that's what I was inviting you this morning, because we're usually engrossed in the object, in the thought itself, in the perception, in the, in the feeling, Vedana itself. And here we take a step back and we examine the process, the process of arising and passing, and it keeps changing, So, seeing anicca, seeing anicca. So, nicca, the word nicca means constant. And the ah, the privative particle ah, negates it, makes it the exact opposite. So nicca, it becomes anicca is the absence of permanence and continuity. Anicca, impermanent, inconstant, inconstant. And we need to have stability, actually, and that's what you've been developing these weeks. The mind, the heart need to have a sense of stability so that we can see inconstancy. That's very important. There needs to be a stability in the body, in the mind, in the heart, steadiness, stability, so that we can see the stream the flow of experience keeps changing, keeps changing. So, as you already well know, but this might be a question that perhaps newer practitioners have, you know, the point is, of the practice is not to empty your mind and calm yourself to avoid all change. But it's to develop the stability the calm to be with all the change that is 
this human existence. It keeps changing. Everything. Everything keeps changing. The beauty, the awe, the fragility, the fury, the sadness, the craziness of it all. In the words of the Zorba, the Greek, the full catastrophe. So impermanence, we know. We know it in our mind. We know it in our heads that, yes, things change. But really, it's a, it leads to a profound transfer, transformation in our lives, in the way we relate to ourselves, relate to others. When we deeply, deeply grok that things are inconstant. They really are. Everything is. Everything changes. Our bodies change. Our minds change all the time. How many mind states have you had today already? Can you even count them? Number of perceptions you have, they keep coming, going. On so many different levels. I'll get to that in a moment. So many different levels. But before I get there, A word from Suzuki Roshi, the author of Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, the seminal book and the founder of San Francisco Zen Center. One of his students said to him that, I've been listening to your lectures for years and I still don't understand. Can you please express Buddhism in a nutshell? And he replied, Everything changes. That's Buddhism in a nutshell. (laughs) Everything changes. Everything changes. Maybe I'll... I move to give the punchline actually now. Like, so what? Okay, so everything changes. Like, what? Okay. So why is this so important? Like you Buddhists, like yeah, everything changes, changes, changes. What's because if we really, really, truly feel that deeply with our hearts, that everything changes, and we accept that, we make peace with that. We don't fall into despair or nihilism, but there's a sense of peace, ease. We don't expect what's not there. We live in the world as it truly is, with freedom, with ease, not taking things personally, knowing that everything changes. Our minds, our bodies, relationships, Everything. They come, they go. Everything. It's just the way this human life is. And can we be in the midst of it all? Can we be in the midst of it all? Without hanging on, without rope burn. Rope burn is when we hang on to a rope And the rope is running, it's running, it's changing, it's running through our hands and we're holding on with dear life to the rope. 
and it keeps pulling and our hands burn, we get a rope burn because we don't want things to change. We don't want our bodies to change, our lives to change, our anything, relationships, friendships, you name it. We don't want them to change and they do. They do. Change. And on some level, I was talking to a, a friend recently, and and uh, they're a practitioner, and um, and they were saying something like, uh, you know, it's interesting. Buddhism is is kind of pessimistic, or and and. and my sense has always been that no, it isn't. It's not well, or maybe they were saying something. I don't want to misrepresent them. Like it, it's, oh yeah, some you know in other religions there's always the good news, the good news of salvation. Here we're like give we give the bad news. <laughs> it's just it's all impermanent. <laughs> it's impermanent. Like really, it's all you've got. And yet, really, it's so freeing. That's it, that's just the way it is. Making peace with it takes some time. Seeing it, and when when we actually when we keep seeing it, seeing it, and it'll be more get more practical in a little bit. But we actually, when we do see it, we keep seeing it, especially when the mind is settled, and we keep seeing it in so many ways. In the momentary way we experience life here on the cushion, sitting, walking. It keeps changing. It fundamentally keeps changing. There is an ease. There is a release. We can be in the world more freely. Ah. Not expecting what's not possible. So, change. So many levels of change. Things are changing all the time. You know, externally, externally, internally, we can contemplate change. So I'll back up for a moment. I gave you the punchline of the talk, but I'm going to back up for a moment. In a way, it's a simple and obvious statement, but implications are enormous for us, for our, the way we live, the way we live our lives, impact each other. If we truly, truly grokked our own impermanence, that this too, this me, this being me, shall die. Don't know when, don't know how. It's, but that will happen. I'm impermanent. This being is impermanent. Truly, truly, truly. And that's powerful medicine. This grokking of anicca. How do I want to be? How do I want to live? Spend this moment. Do I really want this in my mind stream? knowing how short this life is, 
But I digress. I'm talking about Maranasati, mindfulness of death, my favorite topic. It's another impermanence, but here I'll I'll talk more in general about impermanence. <clears throat> so external, internal, so many opportunities. And sometimes actually the external um, and different time frames, it, it, it hits us too. So I'll mention a few different time frames and, and refer- references and then coming to the practicalities of the momentary experience here. So, so let's start big, the cosmos. So the... So according to the James Webb Telescope, the oldest galaxy ever observed, formed soon after the Big Bang, oh, 13.8 billion years ago. I can't even get my head around that, 13.8 billion years ago. Can you? Okay, we'll, we'll get a little closer to something maybe we can get our minds around. Okay, the Grand Canyon. The rivers carved six million years ago. Actually, 70, millions apparent, 70 million years in some canyons. You know, it's something we can see and touch the Grand Canyon. It's, duh, my mind has a hard time getting its head around 6 million years really? 70 million? The Redwoods in California walking by these amazing giants many of them 400 to 500 years old if you visited them some of them 2,000 years old and bristlecone pines actually which are the oldest trees in the US 5,000 years old in higher altitude. And you can touch and hug these trees I have. I couldn't get my arms around them, of course they're huge, but but the sense of wow. These trees have been here for a few hundred years and here I am, this being puts my life in perspective, the impermanence. Our lives are a blip on the cosmic as I say that the impact it has on me is ah, it's freeing for me there's a sense of joy delight arises wow this cosmos this 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 planet is amazing, filled with wonders, and I get to be on it for a teeny bit of time to experience it as a conscious being. Emaho, hallelujah. Inconstancy, impermanence. And of course there is nature, the seasons, the four seasons, summer now, 
This will shift and change soon. Days and nights. The shifts, the changes, inconstancies we are used to take for granted. The weather that keeps changing and shifting. The external weather. Humidity, cold, warm. Cold and cold and cooler in the morning, warm in the afternoon. And then another way to contemplate that that, that has been meaningful for me is is the civilizations that have come and gone. People who've lived. The impermanence of that. The Roman Empire, Persian Empire, the Khmer Empire. I was in Angkor Wat a few years ago and, and appreciating the, the beauty, the, the art, and the shift and change in, in what was once a thriving empire. Again, for me, doing these practices all the time, I see things through a different lens. Going to an art museum recently, all I could see was, oh, everyone who's who's pictured in these pieces of art, you know, arts from, there there was a European art, and there were some much older pieces, actually, from... um, from Egypt... Mm. Egyptian, Egyptian civilization and thinking all the people who wore these jewelry pieces of jewelry and, and, and drank out of these cups are come and gone everyone who painted these paintings are gone impermanence and all the person who, people who have come and gone with lives just as compelling and dear to us as our very own, with relationships and thoughts and plans. and So now a different way to feel into just really getting, I'm mentioning all these to kind of get us in the mood of, of inconstancy, impermanence on each on so many different scales, so many different scales. So here's another one. So if so the universe being 13.8 billion years old, see above, the rise of mankind is fairly recent. The first modern human, Homo erectus, appearing around a million years ago in Homo sapiens. Today's humans arriving only 200,000 years ago. So, so if you imagine compressing the time in the whole universe, the 13.8 billion years, if you compress the time the universe has existed into the span of a single day with the Big Bang 
occurring at the stroke of midnight. The humans crash the party late at 11.59.56 p.m. (laughs) Just four seconds before the end of the day. That's how long we've been around. We, you know, it's relative. We, four seconds. Impermanence. Anicca. And then as we get into other layers, our lives, people, we love, we've lost the chapters of our lives. So much change that we've gone through. Change, change, change. Our bodies, our moods keep changing. And then there's, you know, every mind moment that keeps changing and shifting and shifting get into that more specifically with practical invitations from from the commentaries in the moment. But now at the other end of of change, our bodies are made of atoms, of course. The same atoms that were in those stars millions, billions of years ago. We are stardust, the same exact atoms, if you could go back in time, if we could tag, put a tag on the atoms on our bodies, could go back, the same ones. And now these atoms, now here's the interesting part, it takes about 150 attoseconds for an electron to circle the nucleus of an an atom. So that's happening in our bodies all the time. 150 attoseconds for each of these electrons to circle the nucleus of an atom. How long is an attosecond, you ask? Is she going to tell us? Yes. It's 10 to the minus 18 seconds long. Expressed in another way, an attosecond is related to a second as a second is related to the age of the universe. (laughs) So, shifting, changing these bodies. This is what's happening internally. Pretty wild, hey? Pretty wild. Pretty wild. I'm hoping by now you're getting a sense of inconstancy. (laughs) It's shifting and changing all the time. All the time. On so many levels. And how 
when conditions change, how do we relate to it? I think that's important to see the relationship of our mind as we see impermanence, as we experience change in constancy on these different levels. Do we welcome it? Do we not want it? Do we want it? Do we add second arrows? You all know the teaching of the two arrows. Do we add second and third and fourth arrows? It's my fault. I don't like it. Why is it here? I didn't want it to change. What did I do? What did they do? Blaming ourselves, blaming others. This shouldn't happen. It's not supposed to. Something is wrong. Is that what the mind does? It's a mistake. It's not a mistake. It's as if we've done something wrong. We haven't done anything wrong. The mind looks, does it, for excuses? To blame, to be angry, to be upset as if we are personally responsible for the truth of change, for the truth of anicca, personally responsible. As if we could, as if we behaved really well, everything would stay exactly the same. Forget the causes and conditions. No, it's all up to us. It's all on our shoulders, personally. Thank you very much. It's all up to me. Me, mine, myself. Rope burn. Rope burn. Rope burn. When you fight with reality, reality always wins. And this could be one way that anicca, impermanence, connects, leads to dukkha. When we fight impermanence, dukkha can arise. And also, the classic understanding of, of it is that anything that's inconstant, impermanent, cannot be deeply satisfying. You can't bang on it, because it keeps changing. It can't be permanently satisfying. And we hold on. Do we hold on? Do we hold on? As I mentioned a few days ago, sometimes we even hold on to our suffering. We're loyal to our suffering. Are you loyal to your suffering, to your story? I'm the person who dot, 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 this thing happens to or happened to. And sometimes if things are not going well, we want change to be on our side. In fact, it's interesting that Sometimes when we get sick, we think it's never going to change. I'm always going to be sick. I'm always going to have a fever. I'm always going to be sick. Sense of inconstancy. Sometimes fear arises. 
So, so an invitation, an invitation to examine our attitudes towards change when it arises in our bodies, in our minds, in our life, in our practice, moment to moment. Oh, I really like that state of samadhi I had. That was so good. It went away. Bring it back. It changed. Oh, suffering can show up in so many ways. This change, rope burn. from the shorter discourse on the destruction of craving, Majjhima Nikaya 37. Chilatanha Sankhaya Sutta. In seeing impermanence, the mind doesn't cling. When the mind doesn't cling, it's not agitated. When it's not agitated, it personally attains Nibbana. I'll repeat that. This is really a pith-liberating teaching. This is why impermanence is so important. In seeing impermanence, the mind doesn't cling. When the mind doesn't cling, it's not agitated. When it's not agitated, it personally attains Nibbana. So, truly, truly seeing impermanence, anicca, inconstancy, the mind does not cling, the mind lets go. It's okay. It's all right, dear. It's okay. This is how things are. Ah, equanimity with all formations as they are. When the mind doesn't cling, it's not agitated. And when it's not agitated, it personally attains Nibbana. So this is beautiful, and yet it's not an abstract description or just poetry. It's specific instructions. This is how it happens, people. This is how it unfolds. This is the 13th step. Here we are. In seeing impermanence. In seeing impermanence. Anicca nupasi asasi sami tisikati. Anicca nupasi pasasi sami tisikati. Here we are. So, 
as we do this practice, this the step. Now that I hope we're swimming with feeling this inconstancy, anicca, everywhere, inside, outside, around us, through us, how do we see it? How do we practice with it? It's all around. It's all here. It defines us. It's through our bodies, our atoms, our electrons. So how do we see it? How do we investigate it? So the invitation from the Visuddhimagga, the commentaries for this particular step, is that contemplating impermanence here with breathing in and breathing out is done through the five aggregates, which is essentially how we experience the world, through the five aggregates. Through the body, rupa, through sanya, perception, or recognition, as we've already discussed a lot, vedana, feeling tone, sankharas, mental formations led by chaitana, volition, and, of course, vinyana. Consciousness. And the Patisambhidamaga comes a little more detailed in this invitation. Contemplating that they spell it out. Contemplating impermanence, contemplating anicca in rupa, I shall breathe in, thus one trains oneself. Contemplating anicca in rupa, I shall breathe out. Contemplating anicca in vedana, one trains oneself, etc., etc. Contemplating anicca in sanya, contemplating anicca. and vinyana, etc. And then, Patisambhidamaga expands to include basically leaving no stone unturned. All the different ways, all the alternate ways that this world could be experienced. So the five aggregates, like a pie, right? You, how you cut a cake, rather. How you cut a cake. There are different ways to cut it. You can cut it from the top, from slice it from the side. So six internal sense bases, six external sense bases, the six-fold consciousness group, feeling group, the six elements, the ten casinos, the 32 body parts, etc. It's 32 faculty. It goes on and on. You get, you get the, all the lists, right? So, so one could contemplate impermanence of everything, all the different ways that... that uh, that the mind experiences the the jhanas, the material jhanas, etc., immaterial jhanas, the twelve links of dependent origination goes on and on. But for the for practical purposes here, might be helpful to to open up to the five characteristics. 
sorry, the five aggregates. There's so many, so many different lists and things. The five. <laughs> so cute. I should just say wrong things, see if your ears perk up. I love it. I saw one of you go, huh? Five? What's that? I know, I know the 12 characters, but there are five characters. This, this is good. See, now you're a little more awake. The five aggregates. The heaps, the khandas, those. Yeah. So, so to open up to them, as you are breathing in, as you are breathing out, and you can choose one of the five, perhaps Sanya or Vedana or Rupa or the body. All of them are are fun, and just see the inconstancy, the impermanence, the shifting nature, or you can allow, you can put your inconstancy glasses on, your rose, your not rose-colored glasses, but anicca-colored glasses on, to see the process of impermanence as it arises through these five aggregates. And also to realize that sometimes seeing change, especially if the mind is settled, seeing constancy, this arising and passing, and I mentioned briefly this morning, but I want to expand it a bit, um, it can be destabilizing and overwhelming if the mind is really settled, seeing all the arising and passing away. A sense of fear, overwhelm can arise. And it's okay. It's natural. It's part of this path. You haven't gone off the rails. You're not doing it wrong. It's okay. When the mind really opens up to the, to the truth of a nature, in fact, a sense of despair can arise. Really? There's nothing to hold on to? Nothing? And it's really through going those, through those stages that the mind finds peace on the other end. And yet, sometimes for some practitioners, it might be helpful to, to know your limit. And if you need to ground yourself, stabilize yourself with samatha, with some stability in the mind, stability in the object, and then go back to seeing, seeing anicca. So just to bring back, as I put a teaser earlier on, so the doorways, there are three doorways to liberation, and this is a technical term. So the three doorways, one doorway is through seeing anicca, through seeing impermanence, when we keep seeing arising and passing away. Things keep changing. And that's the signless doorway. There is no sign because it keeps changing. In the commentaries, it's known as the signless doorway. It keeps changing. And it is said that people who enter Nibbana through seeing impermanence are Dharma followers. Then... For some, seeing arising and passing 
leads to seeing, perhaps easier seeing, uh, dukkha, or that is their doorway, that becomes their doorway, seeing suffering, seeing lack of satisfaction, unsatisfactoriness, just seeing that again and again. And the mind doesn't, just lets go, doesn't have a wish for, for anything anymore. It's the wishless, wishlessness door, doorway to Nibbana. There's nothing to run after, nothing to attain, nothing to realize, nothing to be grasped. The heart lets go. It's, it's so much dukkha, unsatisfactoriness. The mind wants deliverance from it all. It is said that those for whom that's the doorway, again, it, it's faith followers, but there's the different, I found different commentaries on different ones, but I'll just share one view here, one, one terminology. And then for, for some, anatta is the door. But, but one thing that is fixed is that these are the three doorways, so that is, there's agreement on, and, and data on. The third doorway, anatta, impersonality. It's not personal. The mind keeps seeing that it's not personal. It's not permanent. It's not satisfactory. And it's not personal. It's not me. It's not mine. The mind keeps saying it's not personal. It just keeps happening, keeps arising and passing. It's not me. It's not mine. And that is the doorway, the emptiness doorway or the sunyata doorway to liberation. Wisdom followers. Wisdom followers are the terms, the term used. So, seeing impermanence, seeing impermanence helps the other steps here unfold. Maybe I'll just say one brief thing also about the... um, The next step, the second one, the viraga, just briefly. We'll talk more about it, of course. Um, yeah, two kinds of fading away. Two kinds of fading away. Two kinds of viraga in the commentaries. One is the momentary fading away. The momentary fading away as destruction. And the other one is the absolute fading away. The absolute fading away, which is Nibbana. I like to end with the, what's called the, often actually the funeral chant, but I think that's too limited limiting of this beautiful chant, this beautiful teaching. Anicca vata sankara upadavaya damino upajitava nirujanti tesan samosuko All conditioned things all conditioned things, all sankharas, are impermanent, anicca, anicca vata sankhara. All conditioned things are impermanent.
their nature is to arise and pass away. To live in harmony with this truth brings the highest happiness. Let's just sit together for a moment. All conditioned things are impermanent. Their nature is to arise and pass away. To live in harmony with this truth brings the highest happiness. Thank you for your kind attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.